0: Someone once described God as a God who can't stop speaking, and maybe that's right for them. But I think for many of us, especially in our most desperate moments and our most desperate prayers, we experience something other than that, something less than that. What
1: I received back from that desperation was
0: nothing. Mm -hmm. What do we do when shouting into the ether or begging for relief up into the sky? The only thing we get back is the echo of our own voices. I feel alone. I feel like there's an absence that is, it's an absence that's so absent it feels present in its absence. The Silence of God, today on Don't Hold Me To This. i'm I'm tempted to start rather academically maybe as a yeah. as a kind of ongoing effort to avoid yeah. talking about it um, um, I have a sense of what I mean when I talk about the silence of god um, but I am interested to know what what it is you mean and and i I mean that both from a kind of Um, academic perspective what is it that we're talking about when we're talking about the science of God but also from a kind of experiential perspective Um, so what is it that you mean?
1: well I mean I think I I don't know what I want to I don't know what I'd want to say academically Yeah. Um, I know what I want to but I have some at least thoughts about what I want to say about about it experientially Mm -hmm. Um, and so experientially when I think about the silence of God I think about um, the moments of my own life whether it was you know i can think of you know teenage and young adult angst about just what i was going to do with my life and whether the girl i was in love with was going to reciprocate and um and um and i had been you know raised in a in a in a faith with the notion that we we'll, you know we we believe in a God and we you know we follow a God who is invested in those outcomes as well, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so I can remember begging God for mm-hmm. some sort of sign or answer clarity mm-hmm. um as I was searching with with I, you know may, you know we can step back from this and maybe critique uh, the maturity of my questions and all of that mm-hmm. but but there was no, there was still as a father um as a child would come to his father and ask for bread mm-hmm. that's what i was doing right like god what what I, I really want to do what's right here and i i want to I want to do what you want me to do, and i i want to um and so when I think about the science of God in those moments it's it's there is no there is no the only there is no feedback mm-hmm. the the truth is there is no feedback mm-hmm. um you know i can i can argue I, I could I can argue that there was feedback but but the only reason i I say that is because i'm interpreting. Signals out in the world as if they're feedback from God, and i 'm doing that okay. on no assurance that i'm reading the signals right that 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 's true or not true or that's what God wants me to do or doesn't want me to do
0: right. i'm just
1: projecting that onto the signals that i'm receiving
0: and it's sort of shot through with guesswork right it's yeah like- yeah
1: it's mm-hmm. and and yes um and and so there's those, and then there's the you know the the, the deepest, most desperate moments of 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 um for me after a, after the accident after a, you know huge traumatic event where i remember saying to somebody who was giving me right theology mm. nothing there wasn't what they were saying was true um Within a particular kind of field of discussion, but I remember saying, "I don't tell me the math. I don't need the math. I need God to show up." Yeah. And in those moments, what I was left with was, uh, I, I, I want to say it again. What, what I what I what I received back from that desperation was nothing. Mm-hmm. Silence, Um, not nothing like big and nothing, maybe we could say, you know, we can, I can, I can come back around on the other side of it. And um, we could, and we're going to do this, right? We're going to come back on around on the other side of this and say that the nothing isn't a, isn't a nothing, nothing, but it's a, there is a nothingness to it. There's a real silence to it. Um, and, um, and so for me, it's that, it's that, so like in that most desperate, um, place, um, where everything feels shattered and you're looking for a lifeline um, there doesn't seem to be one mm-hmm. um, and that's the existential part of it i don't think i want to i don't think i'd want to talk about the theological part of it because i think then I feel like if I do that, I take away from the real impact of the existential part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, or at least that's sure. what that's what I'm tempted to do. I, yeah. I'm tempted to start framing it in different ways and explaining away what I what I what I really feel.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so I think if we're going to talk about the silence of God, then we we've got to um, frame it in in the in that um, that place of desperation. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it's really easy to paper over the des- desperation of that cry of yeah. Jesus yeah. on the cross.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think from an academic perspective, what I mean is to say a, a, a kind of cursory survey of the, of the, biblical story shows shows God responding verbally speaking in ways that that people can hear and understand not everyone right the voice on the Mount of Transfiguration was was um, audible and understandable uh, but the voice that comes from Mount Sinai is a blast of trumpet horn that only some people can understand right um, yeah some yeah. people at the the, the conversion of Saul to paul um he heard a voice everybody else thought it was a clap of thunder, right so not always in everywhere, but it happens you're right enough makes sense to talk about God as a God who speaks,
1: yeah, and so I think then academically when you say it that way, I think one of the things that then it we're tempted to do is um. It'd be sort of maybe 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 it's not sort of like it's exactly like you know you you follow the monk around you know and every time he speaks you write down what he speaks and then people get the book of what the monk says yeah and they think that all the monk did was talk talk that's right, right?
0: yeah yeah
1: and so I think part of the academics of this is is recognizing that we we know what we know of the of. Of God, at least in part um, we 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 only know it within the confines of what was written down about the things that he said, right, even his own son is is described to us as this as it and it, uh, the, the word made human right, right. even that is it, that that is framed the incarnation is framed in the in the um in the image of, of speaking, yes. you know, now God has spoken in his son.
0: Right.
1: And so we, so the, the Bible does tell us about a lot of silence from God, but I think we have, we have taken the fact that, that, um, we do get to know some of the things that he says, and that we know him through those things. That that's sort of the order of the day, um, is and the ex- and, and the rightful expectation.
0: Well, and right, and that, so, so that's, mm-hmm. that's the that sort of like bridges the gap between the academic description of what we're talking about and the, our kind of experience. Right, God in the biblical story speaks enough for us to not be wrong, to think about him as a God who speaks. Right. Um, so that when we pray out of desperation, like you were talking about in high school or m- m- me in the minivan broken down after 4th of July, already trying to get my family home. Um, when we pray out of desperation, and what we get back is something that doesn't amount to speaking. Um, <laughs> right. What we get back is a kind of a, a, a kind of hollowness and emptiness and nothingness that you um, that you just talked about, that that silence, which is the absence of sound, that silence, which is feels like the absence of God. Um, don't think we're wrong to to feel it in that way um if there's anything that we can say for certain from the sweep of the biblical story is that um god is uninterested in our defending of him of our making excuses for him when um when it feels like he doesn't come through. And I and I think if if what we've said academically ab- about what we can know about God through the stories that we have written down, um then, then we can I don't think we're wrong to say there are times when he doesn't speak. There are times when we speak into the into the ether and the only thing we get back is an echo of our own voice, um, which is emphatically not helpful, right? It's just not I, like the, the reason we're praying out of desperation is that we've come to the sort of end of our resources, at least so far as we can tell. I cannot physically push this minivan full of my family the two miles home. I can't do it. There's no tow truck company open at this time of night. Uh, and we couldn't all fit into that tow truck anyway. Um, uh, we've come to the end of our resources, which is why we I think is what we mean when we're praying out of desperation. And so that's that, a kind of inflection moment where it's become totally obvious that if something good is going to happen, it's going to be because God does it, not because I do because I don't have anything. I've got no leverage, right? I've got nothing to, to, to pull here. And um, I remember sitting in the van um just silently to myself praying that what felt like an impossible prayer god i know you can i know you can fix this please just fix it so i can get my family and uh put my foot on the brake and push the little button to 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 start the car and and nothing happened and i like we, here's what's echoing my head right now. All of the kind of voices that I think I I think are still making effort to defend God, to make excuses for God. Um, all of those voices saying, well, you should just be grateful that you had a van to break down. <laughs> right? You eventually got home, so you're fine. Um, and I and I And I wonder if what's happening, and I'll stop because I want to hear you reflect on it. I wonder if what's happening is those voices are speaking up because they're actually uncomfortable identifying the silence as just genuine silence. If God is a God who speaks, and out of our desperation we pray for help that only he can get, and what we get back is not speaking, not an answer, um, then... I think it's okay to say it, he was silent, and then just to just to let that do its thing for a moment. I don't even—that's not even the right language. Just to let that be the way it is, uh, and then and then come and talk about it on a podcast. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, but I, I do. So I yes. I mean, that's exactly where I was gonna go. I don't think people are primarily defending God.
0: Well, and those voices are mine. Yeah, story. yeah. I'm only accusing myself.
1: Yeah, no, I'm just saying I think what they're doing is assuaging their own discomfort. Yeah. With the with the the incongruity of whatever the situation is.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and and so, and we've been convinced for whatever reasons, various reasons, um, that a, a couple of things I think that, that, that make us uncomfortable with the incongruity of our desperate pleas and just acknowledging that God is silent. Um, one is that... Uh, kind of going back to the academic part of the discussion is there are at least a large number of voices who communicate intentionally or not that it, if, if, if you're not hearing him, then the problem's on your end. Right. right. Um, so that's, you know, uh, and so that leaves the person who's experienced, experiencing the silence of God going, well, what's, What's wrong with me? You know. Oh, the problem is here. Those. You know. Whatever you want to call them, the dark nights of the soul, or the silence of God. These moments where, um, where we, um, we're we're looking for that, um, that very tangible connection um out of our desperation you know those 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 moments that and, and that nothing comes back those moments um they leave they leave us um They leave us in a kind of uncertainty with what's on the other side of silence, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's especially if you're, you know, we, we you know, I'm i you know, I'm, I'm in, I believe, I, I believe in God, I, uh, I believe He exists, I believe He loves me, um, but, I, but to to then reach out for that and come up with air um is is troubling it's it's hard to know how to um then calibrate myself in relationship to the god that i say i know and knows me and loves me um and so i think i think we look for other ways of explaining that um but it's not again. I don't think it's to defend God. I think it. I think it opens up the possibility of of things that we're afraid to to really um, encounter.
0: I was um, uh, I was an extra in um, the Julia Roberts film in the '90s, Pelican Brief. Do you remember that movie? That's, yeah, of course, I do. <laughs> Uh, my my best friend's mom was like a casting director. I was on the team of the casting director, and so my best friend and I were in. How do I not know this? <laughs> I don't know. This is fun. It's, it's going to be disappointing, just like the rest of this. Oh. So just yeah, hold on to your seat. Um, so we, <laughs> we went down to New Orleans for like I was probably a week and a half or two weeks every day. We got down there at, at you know seven a.m. Um, we're in this huge corral with a tent over it full of you know, hundreds of extras that were in that were supposed to be like all the the crowd in 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 downtown new orleans I don't, it was a french quarter i don't remember exactly where it was and um i remember seeing julia roberts in a in a, a golf cart zoom by but she was way over there but i saw her in real life so not just on the screen i saw her in real life. but she was pretty far away not not close enough to talk to um and uh, every day that like we'd all get into our places, and then the the director would say, uh, um, he would say like movement or something. And what he meant was for all the extras to start just kind of being normal, crowd. Like, sitting, yeah. At, yeah, walking up some stairs, sitting at a cafe, whatever. And we were walking past the place where where uh, Julie Roberts was talking to. I don't remember who the who the other uh, main character was in the movie. Um, and I think this is
1: the guy that she was her law professor that gets not the spoiler anybody but he gets killed. Uh, what? <laughs> if I remember, if I remember this the scene correctly,
0: you know the you we're know, better than I do, and uh, we were <clears throat> in between the camera and the conversation that the camera was captured. Um, and so had a like a a a, a very high chance of being. On screen. And uh, I remember waiting with like real anticipation for when this movie came out so I could be like, look, I'm on the screen. And um, I was wearing like a gray shirt, and my friend was wearing a
1: deer sucker suit. <laughs>
0: when, <laughs> I was in high school, so I didn't have any uh, sleep. Uh, my friend was wearing a, a like a blue and white rugby shirt, which were so popular uh, at that time. Okay. I remember sitting in the theater. Uh, and here comes our scene. <laughs> and across the screen walks a blue and white rugby shirt. And there's clearly somebody on the other side of that blue and white rugby shirt. And I know it was me. But you couldn't see a square centimeter of my body. Uh, so I was, oh, right no. I was right there. And uh, didn't make it in. And I think, n- not to... N- 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 Turn it too maybe we've already turned too serious at a corner here, but I think for me the fear is um, like we said there are times where God speaks and people to whom God speaks, and there are times when God doesn't speak, and very likely lots of people to whom God doesn't speak. If, if you think about the 400 years of 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 kind of multi-generational silence between the old testament and the new testament there were generations of people that never heard from god and when we hear god speaking in in early in the story of the old testament for example he's always talking to moses or aaron or whatever but he's not talking to israel generally right and i think the fear for me is I'm an extra in the story of the world. And I don't yeah. have a
1: speaking part.
0: And I, and I can see the main character from really far off, but I, I won't ever actually talk to the main character. And I won't, make it on the, I won't even make it on the screen. Um, I, I don't have a contribution worthy enough to make it in, into the story. That um, I'm an extra. Uh, in 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 the story of the world, and in some ways, that in the same way, an extra kind of in my in the story of my own life. Um, when the film is cut, my parts end up on the cutting room floor. I'm edited out over and over and over. Again. Um, and uh, and as much as I joke about it, like it's it's genuinely after my minivan broke down and um, and I prayed that. Desperate prayer that I actually really believe God would answer. Like I, when I pushed that start button, I really thought like it's going to work because this is what God does. And it didn't work. And I remember reflecting on that for weeks afterward, um, thinking about that feeling of being an extra that doesn't even make it on the screen. Uh,
1: so which which is a, is a different. It's a different kind of fear, but it's similar, right? Which is it's not that. God is silent that it's that you know you're you just have no part in what he's really up to,
0: yeah, maybe one way to say it is that not that God is silent, but he's silent to me,
1: yeah yeah, but, yeah you're uh, and that, that totally makes sense, and i we we certainly I've had that a, a similar kind of fear, of, like somehow we're off the map like you know, we we've we found ourselves in a situation where we we are we're not not where we're, off, we're off, like i said off the map and and how, how do we how do we get back um, yeah those that's um yeah so that just makes me that just make all of this makes me again <clears throat> if if we're if we're thinking about it from what what fears it touches on in us it makes me wonder mm. i i certainly have boldly projected this out to say already that i think we people are generally a, are responding in these moments because of our own fears but i wonder yeah, I hear that story, and it just makes me wonder what, how that hits broadly, right? Um, in terms of other people feeling that kind of, uh, fear that, that your parts are on the cutting room floor. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I am, I'm happy to uh, conclude that it's just me. <laughs> I'm the only one that feels that way. And, and like, again, I hear- I wouldn't
1: be, I wouldn't be happy with that. I, I, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I-
0: Well, and, and the voice that turns in my head, which is, again, a, 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 I think a voice that wants to, to quickly move past the feelings of silence, of uh, absence, of insignificance, um, the voice says like well why who, like why do you why would you think you have anything to contribute anyway like why do you think that God would uh, take time to speak to you like how arrogant you know what i mean uh, and, 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 and 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 again, I, I think that is a kind of assuaging of that feeling of lostness of of aloneness and of absence, but it is also, I think, a kind of making excuses, like trying to explain, like show, like show the math, like you said earlier. Um, uh, and what I want to say is, um, and this is, don't hold me to this. Um, like I I'm afraid mm-hmm. to say this on recording, so I have my eyes closed. So if I can't see you, you can't see me. Um, I'm gonna say it, and then we'll clean it up. Don't hold me to this. I I felt myself thinking, writing for today, and thinking about our conversation today. That I hope that I'm a better dad to my kids than God has been to me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because I, I, it's 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 interesting you say that because my my response when you asked the rhetorical question was, well, why do you describe yourself as father then? Damn it!
0: Yes, it's, right. And if
1: if if I'm supposed to if I'm supposed to see myself as insignificant compared to you know the grandeur and wisdom and omnipotence and then why have you why have you why do we give you the? Why do we have the label father?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and why does Jesus give us? I, I mean, I keep going back to it, but I feel like that, that his metaphor is, of course, when you ask your father for bread, he's he's going to give you bread and not a stone. Oh yeah. Of course, of course, he wants to get he wants to give you bread because he's your father. Yeah. So, um, I. I don't think I, I'm. I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I, um, I, I feel the impact of, of what you just said. Yeah. Um. And I, I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think it needs to be apologized for because I think it's, it's honest and it's. Um, and it's something that um, I think part of the desk when we talk about these desperate moments, however, you might describe it. You described it as I hope I'm a better father to my kids than, um, than God has been to me. And, um, at least I, I, I don't know if you'd qualify it, but I, I don't think you would. Like, I, I know you want to, I don't. I know that's not a totalizing statement um, about God's. Um, but um, but I do think that's part of the desperation of those moments. Yeah. Is because we want God to be what we believe him to be. And we have a certain frame, right? Right. Um, and it's, I mean, it, it you know, I, I can't help but think about. Yeah, people with you know dealing with a uh, family member with the terminal illness and just yeah so much desperation from him to his wife and kids to a town that loves him. Yeah loves him. Um, and desperately, we want his healing, and and of course, a good father would too. Mm. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else we can say than than that, right? Um, and. So that's, that's painful.
0: I, I think the reason Shane and I say it the way I say it is is that it's once I run down the all of the kind of like standard responses um, that just they don't they totally feel inadequate. Like one response is, "Well, um, God is um, God is not really like." exhaustively in control of everything. Um and so, right. so he yeah, he wants he wants what's best for his kids, but the world is turning the way it's turning and people are making decisions and he's just not he's not in control of it in the way that it would take for him to answer the prayer in the way that you thought. And it just feels like, yeah, that's that can't be right. Because <laughs> if you look at like Look at the way some of the stories in the in the in the Bible unfold um, in order for them to unfold in that way, God has to be pretty much in total control. I don't mean as a puppet and I don't know exactly how to square that circle, but you know what I mean that answer just feels like it falls flat, right He
1: obviously can interject obviously he, right, right. that's right he can speak into right and he can. He can change uh, the the very, the very. uh, He can insert himself into the plot line and have it go a different direction.
0: Right. Um, And and so if I can if I can if I can hear those objections, the sort of like dissection of what must be going on in in my head. He
1: has some. He has something. He's trying to teach you. He's he's not. Right. He's not being silent. He's got some greater good that he's working on right. you know, out, out, of, out of your knowledge. Yeah. Um, is another common way of filling in the gap.
0: That's right. That's right. Um, there's any number of those. And all of them feel to me like they fall flat. And when you get to the end of all of those, I think what you're left with is the um, is the incongruency of these two things that are true. God loves the world. He made it and he gave himself for it. And he's often silent in it. And that's That's the end of the sentence, right? Um, It it seems to me at this point. Um, And so I think what you have to say in that space, uh, fully accounting for both of those things, is all the things that we're saying. And it sure feels quiet down here, right? Like, I feel alone. I feel like there's an absence that is... It's an absence that's so absent, it feels present in its absence, that its absence is heavy, it's so absent. Um, and, I, and I think we're almost compelled to say that. Yeah,
1: I mean my brain's running ahead a bit, but um, I do think that what's in front of us, you know, here is um, is I, I don't I don't I, I kind of want to put it as a question, um, you know. It, um, you know, is <clears throat> and maybe this maybe this already shifts it out of what you just mm-hmm. said, and so I'm trying to hold it. Mm-hmm. Um, um <clears throat> But I guess what I what I what I want to ask is can can we then say is um, this that the silence is, is the point mm-hmm. um but I feel like if I do that then it's automatically it, it's setting it up to already tip into something else and instead sort of allowing the silence to be what it is which is what you just said is that we we want to we there's something here that we need to embrace and it's the incongruence of a God who loves us is our father does give us bread and, and fish and life and healing and cares about the world and who um, is often silent and may, and I think I want to say more often than not is silent, I think, you know, the, Again, back to the academic side of this, in the totality of the history of humanity, I don't think it's um, I don't think it's crazy to say that God doesn't speak more than He does speak, uh, right? Uh, and that that in itself is something that to be to live by faith. We just have to embrace um, I, I, I this may be this is maybe a little different, but I think it comes to mind I've told this story before, mm-hmm. but you know after the accident, one of the things that um, one of the images that came to mind to describe what I was feeling was that. <laughs> Um, God had sort of grabbed me up by my shirt collar and had had pulled me into this this deep, deep, dark forest mm-hmm. um um and and in this process of sort of being dragged into this place this so darkness i think includes what we're describing as silence right this um and you know my 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 bag of answers, my little backpack that that I you know that I've I've packed for this journey. Um, that that I want desperately to 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 pull out and help me navigate this new space. Um not not only does not god doesn't tell me it i can't bring it it can't come mm. like like there's something that the, the, this place that i've been brought to that it can't it can't come into the to the weight of this moment it just it can't come with me and um and what I felt in that in that experience of wrestling with me in that space and God who who um, at, at least metaphorically in my in my imagery of it has brought me here um, that uh, I I felt like my what what was set before me was the question can you be okay with me here right and so um you know your bag of tricks your bag of answers for being okay with me that can't come to this place right Um, this place, you have to deal with this question on a a level that's frightening, um, it's uncertain, it's, um, painful. Um, but the question was, can you, can you be okay with me here? And I feel like you've described something similar with the silent talk, right? Is, can you, can, can we, can, our, our, can you know? Is our relationship gonna? Can we survive this? Yeah.
0: Um, and and what did you um, say?
1: Um, I mean, you know, the the truth is, is that um, my answer is was and is that because of the resurrection of jesus yes so in some ways my form my math came with me right but it, sure. it, it but it was um but that's that it, it was certainly reduced down to i don't know how to make sense of anything else of, of this right now so what i'm banking on is that what the resurrection says is true, is true, even here. Um, and um, so it wasn't a worked out theology of, of, of the science of God or any of this stuff. It was just like, um, I'm I'm so desperate. And so broken that um, the only possible lifeline I can imagine is is God incarnate, crucified and raised from the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some ways, nothing nothing else. Um, i don't I don't want to say nothing else mattered that's not right um nothing else had the gravity to enter that space um for me I think the other yeah another image I had that I wrestled with was and I think it's you know that image where Luke is with Yoda on, what is it? Tatooine or?
0: No, no, they're on Dagobah. Dagobah, yeah, the, uh, the, the
1: Dagobah system. The day, the button, yeah. um, and Luke, you know, senses the cave. Yep. And he he starts to take his lightsaber, and Yoda says, "You're not gonna, you're not gonna need that." And Luke says, well, "What's in there?" And Luke. Says only what you take with you. Yeah. and I and so part of what I've been unpacking, um, with that this notion of you know God's si- silence is, um, I th- I go back to that and think that that in that moment the same thing was. You know what's in that dark cave. Um, in some sense, it's only what you take with you, and that. I, and I don't mean to say that to deny that God is real or anything like that. I'm, I'm not. That's not my, my point. My point is that um, what's being what's being surfaced uh, in that is what you bring what you bring into the mm-hmm. into that place with you um, and and so for me that that's why i think the answer was um it, but it wasn't you know it wasn't you know, justification by faith alone or any of that other stuff it's just mm-hmm. very basic god is Become incarnate, yeah. Has been crucified and has been raised from the dead, um, and some sense, I, I and in in that has has uh, not just overcome the darkness, but for me, it wasn't just that; it was that their solidarity and in, in the experience of it
0: yeah the the sort of mystery of um God becoming one of us is that God in some way experiences the silence of god um God knows what it's like for God to be absent right um and if we take the Jesus' cries during his crucifixion seriously then um we know we can at least say that. Uh, and I think it's important to recognize like what you don't have is, is Rabbi Jesus sort of doing a lesson on how it only feels like God is absolutely, really absent for all of these reasons. You know what I mean? He just says the thing. Um, uh, he, uh, he names that space between um, God's love for and commitment to the world on the one side and God's silence on the other. He names that space and doesn't try to fill it full of bandages that cover over the woundedness that you experience in that space. He names it
1: yeah. Yeah, I think we're left with I, again. I think maybe this, and maybe this is me teasing out my own image, my own sense of it is, we're left with the answer is the thing itself. Mm-hmm. That's the answer, right? Is, um, or we could say it, you know, in terms of what you were saying, the answer is Jesus Himself. He doesn't answer. He doesn't fill in the. He doesn't fill in the. The gaps are filled in by jesus are you you know and so the incongruence is uh, alleviated it's just um what i want to say is it's person it's just personified and we just become followers of uh, at least from our human perspective that uh, uh we become followers of and embracers of a of an incongruence and um and that's why i think that question of can you be okay with me here is seems felt really important for me to wrestle with which was because the truth was before that event the answer was no i wanna i want a god i can explain and understand and um uh, I want to, you know, I want to be able to uh, then turn around and and you know explain s- explain them to others and and make this something that I can can uh, manage and um and there's there's. These kinds of experiences put us in this place of realizing that um, what we have is what's in front of us and, um, and what are we going to do with that? What What is it? What does it mean to live
0: with that? Um, I mean, that's the question. Um, uh, I think that there's, it's, it's a, it's maybe in some way a trading, um, trading the ease of a god that we can talk about. For the difficulty of a god that we live with, um, yeah, that's
1: it. Mean, that's very well said.
0: And that's it, it. It feels like it would go on a T-shirt or something, but um, because <laughs> I don't know everything that it means. Um, but it's certainly it's certainly the harder path, the 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 more uncertain path, the path with a lot more fog across the walkway. Uh, where you can't really see very distant into the future, um, you know how it ends. We know how the story ends. Yeah, but I think in some ways, honestly, Shainer, it's 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 um, it goes back to the a, a couple of episodes ago where we recognized the there is a there is an improvisational necessity to a life of faith. There is a it's not just one way of doing it, but it's the only way of doing it, of figuring it out as we go. Um, because the, the future is not open to us. It is foggy um, and it is all of the contours of a, of a life of a relationship rather than a life of a kind of academic description.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I, I I I think of you know Mary Oliver's phrase, you know, wild, wild and precious. I, I in some ways that's what we're describing. It's something that's the incongruency of something being both wild and uncontrollable and mysterious, but also precious and
0: right. Um, and, the, and, and the question is, um, can we be okay with that? And I think the answer for me is, and I hope so.
1: So. yeah well yeah yeah my answer too is uh, I don't know about being okay with it but but I'm willing to allow the impact of that question to do its work whatever,
0: um, uh, whatever that is
1: yeah but and this is where you know we I, this this is a this is a whole again a whole other podcast, but i you know I do think about um <laughs> Jacob wrestling with God it's like he was i think in that moment we could say he he was confronted with that question, can you be okay with this? and in one sense, he was like he, i maybe, but you're you're gonna bless me before this is over, right? I'm not letting go mm-hmm. until you until you show yourself, my father. Um, and so maybe, maybe, and that's why I don't want to say I'm okay with it. What I want to say is, um, the questions in front of me, and now, now we grapple. Yeah. Um. Now we wrestle. Mm-hmm. And um. And not to be, not to. Not to be glib about how profound the the question is, but I I do find myself in a like I could have never I couldn't have ever even just said what I just said yeah before this experience that okay and now we now we wrestle right I mean, I'm talking about God it seems so um. So disrespectful and unPresbyterian, and and but I say I say that and and it and that actually gives me a sense that that draws uh, something of a sense of joy in me to be able to say out loud that that our encounter with God. Um is in the question, can you be okay with me here includes the the option of rolling up my sleeves and saying we're gonna wrestle this out and I'm not letting you go until you uh, yeah, until you bless me. Um and that at least Helps me then to be okay in that space, right? Yeah. That to know that I'm not just that, that we're not that that our posture isn't simply to go, Uncle, you're God, you know, I you win, I lose. Um,
0: kind of an unfair fight, anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, what,
1: what, yeah, okay, so you got me, yeah, right? It's, um, you know, there's no. The, and, and so the the, the story of uh, Jacob um, and I, I don't I, I think this certainly extends beyond Jacob, but I think the scriptures are shot through with the story of Jacob. Um, and so I, I at least can begin to conceive of a way of being okay.
0: In that moment. Don't hold me to this podcast is a production of Don't Hold Me To This. You can find out more, do some more reading and get in touch at dontholdmetothis.com. No apostrophe.